0: Thank you and welcome for listening to this week's episode of Two Beers Please. It's a, a new, new hello. I was oh, I needed to mix it up a little bit. I was just getting bored. So She's hey like there, hey, hey hey there, hey there, hey there. Fifteen, fifteen. He's Yannick and Karnasau. I'm the artist formerly known as Matthew Phillips, and we've got a lot, Jan. It's been it's been a pretty busy week. College football probably going to take up the majority of our time this week or this episode. Uh, because of lots of drama on and off the field. Of course, on the field we had all the conference championship games being set. The Heisman's still up for grabs. We thought maybe we would have a little bit of a clearer picture after this weekend. I think if anything it's muddier. I have no idea who's going to... I mean, we'll talk about it. Uh, And then the coaches starting the carousel a little early with some big, big moves. Uh, Lots of soccer action, both internationally and club-wise. And then We'll make our NFL picks and talk about some football storylines. But Jan, let's get to the big news of the day. The MLB and the MLBPA have failed to reach a new labor agreement. It's the first lockout in the league since 1990. And really, I mean, just horrible news for any sport. But like for baseball, this is not not good news. I mean, we were talking,
1: we've been talking about the MLB and their lack of ability to run their league since we started this podcast. We really have been. Um, <clears throat> we were talking it about it.
0: precedes this podcast by many moons.
1: Yeah, but it, it really, I, I just, you know, it was so funny because the Red Sox were making a bunch of deals and they brought in, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. They brought in Rich Hill. They brought in a bunch of people. And I was like, why are they bringing everyone in? And I was like, oh, right, because everything's about to shut
0: down. <laughs> so yeah, I was able to do deals in a little bit.
1: Right. Um, Man, it's been coming for a long time. I think that's why people aren't freaking out so much. I feel like there's been like a potential lockdown or lockout, you know, lockdown. Yikes, that's some PTSD right there. Potential lockout um, on the brink for
0: a lockdown Um, of everything.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, This has been coming for a little bit. It's just that, you know, the owners and, and the players can't seem to agree on anything, on the number of games, on the playoff format, on, on wages, on CBA negotiations. Um, so I think people aren't freaking out too much about it. It's obviously like a big news segment, and we should be talking about it, but at the end of the day, like, <clears throat> it's just the owners, you know, and, and the owners being like... Oh, well, we're just going to lock out and not. And if you guys don't want to do what we want, then uh, yeah, goodbye. And uh, it's it's crazy.
0: I mean, it, from there, and Vantage point, it is, it's a smart move because like the players aren't worried. You're like, well, no, I mean, we don't think we need to, to lock out. Like we're, we could have the discussion. And so, you know, <clears throat> obviously doing the lockout puts the, the pressure on. And I think, you know, like the owners know too that so many times in this situation, There's going to just be, like, a bunch of people who either don't totally understand the, you know, landscape of of professional sports or just, like, workers' rights where it's going to be like, oh, you guys are making millions of dollars. You guys are fine. You guys are, like, what are you complaining about? Which, I mean, to a point, you're right. Like, at at a very basic, you're making millions of dollars to play baseball. What are you complaining about? But – The people, they're battling with people making billions of dollars. So it's like, no, they're not really complaining about lack of pay as much as just, you know, their fair share in it. Um, And yeah, I I didn't even really know that it was going to happen. And then a couple like this last weekend when I was hanging out with my sister's fiance, uh, we're going to Boston in May and we want to go to for uh, his bachelor party. We want to go to a Sox game. And so he like sat down with me and my brother and I just don't, I mean, maybe it's just cause I don't pay enough attention to baseball, but, um, Nick asked Alex more than me. Like, did he think there's a chance we could miss? Like there might not be games in May. Uh, and I, you know, initially was like, no way. And, and I still, I think for the most part think that way, because I don't think just like where baseball's at right now, I don't really think they can avoid to like miss a lot of their season. Uh, like I, I think they the brand is, is not at the best it's ever been. Uh so I think a deal will get made by then. Like it is it is still very early in like the calendar of the baseball season before big, big like implications start coming into play. Uh but yeah, I mean it's never never a good look when you when you've got a, a lockout, and particularly for a sport like we said, where it's just it it's not in in, in a great shape. And uh I do like I do think there do like needs to be changes. Um I, I think some of the proposed playoff um ideas are, are really strong and and I think would add more excitement to to the game as a whole, especially in a sport where you play so many games where if you get like a, you can get out of the playoff race so so early in a in a sport that has that so few spots and and so many games. Like your your chance to come back can be cut out so so much earlier um so i think adding to the playoff field adds more exciting baseball throughout the season um uh but you know it's it's far more far more complicated than just discussing that just one you know point of it but we'll see what happens
1: yeah i i just think it's it's just like a symbol of what we both know and it's that the mlb is You know the worst run league in in America. It's the worst run league in America. It's the it's it's Somehow like fallen in popularity almost to the level of like hockey Um, and it's and you know, there's no kind of Understanding or communication between the league and between the players association and between the owners There seems to be no line of communication and maybe it's because it's like the oldest you know, pastimes, so maybe there's a lot that's, you know, being brought in, in that sense, you know, harder to break things down. But at the end of the day, like, they got to figure their stuff out. Otherwise, baseball is going to be, you know, is going to cease to exist as we know it. You know, it's just like is. So I just think that it's time for change. And if they want to you know reinvent their sport and if all of these owners want to not lose billions and billions of dollars then they should you know really get on the table and and make long lasting change rather than fixing little things to avoid a lockout too like I, I want the lockout to end but I hope that it ends because there's some long lasting changes being put in and not just because oh you know I don't want like a Congress end where it's like we'll take this one thing out of the bill and then we'll pass it and then like that's not actually fixing the problem. It's just (laughs) fixing this one bill. Um, So we'll see. Band-aid on a bullet wound. Exactly. Band-aid on a bullet wound. But yeah, man, I almost, I almost, I feel sad. I feel a little sad to say this, but I almost don't care. Like I love baseball, but I was just like, yeah, you guys figure, like you guys never have your shit together. Yeah, whatever.
0: (laughs) And you guys, and you guys probably will get your shit. Like when it's so early too in the proceedings, like where it's just like I think by the time some actual stakes to losing money on both ends, and like that sense, like I, I, I think they're probably both gonna fold in a little bit uh, of a sense, and just you know make a deal where they're both both happy enough. Um, I, I don't have too much faith in them making. Had many changes. Uh, make sure you're following us on the Two Beers Please Facebook page, the Instagram page, Two Beers Please underscore podcast, and the Twitter page, Two BP underscore podcast. Best place to follow us for new episodes and other content and the like. And make sure, of course, you've subscribed, reviewed, whatever you can to uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're uh, if we're somehow in your Spotify warp, let us know. I mean. We're not in my Spotify warped, so I'm not going to take it <laughs> We also haven't released any episodes in like several months. So maybe you just don't listen to that many podcasts. But uh, hey, if it happens.
1: Let might, us know.
0: I might go. I, man, I don't. I like the Spotify warped, wrapped. Um, I like the wrapped, but I, I don't know why they do it. Because it's always like your year interview and they literally do it a full month. I think I made this complaint last year and it's true
1: yeah no for sure I'm actually looking to see if I can get any if I can get anything from this side you know I'll get those stats to you if, if we if we made it in anyone's stuff I'll get those stats to you next episode um, I agree though I also I, I just also I'm, maybe I'm sounding conspiratorial here but I just also never believed the Spotify wrapped. Like there's like a couple things in there that are very honest, but I'm just also like, I feel like I listen to other things.
0: Well, and I mean, that's the thing too. Like what constitutes a play? Because like, there's so many times where like, I'll listen to a lot of songs, but like, when I know the song's done, and if I happen to like have my phone in my hand, or if I'm like working out and like ready to get, you know, like I'll skip to the next song before it's played the whole way. Like I remember on like Apple music on the little like, ticker thing of how many times you played it like it had to the last few seconds had to just play but you could like you know fast forward it put it at the last second and that would count as a play because i don't know, like that would keep my numbers so low because i have too much impatience. i'm like let's go next song keep on playing. right or sometimes you like you know you listen to enough of your song you're like all right on to the next one like what's the <coughs> what's the measurement on what's a a play because then also just starting the song that probably shouldn't really count because you can be shuffling through a bunch of shit that you never actually would listen to.
1: Right. I always have the same Spotify reps. So I feel like mine is pretty accurate, but I also like the things that are at the bottom. I'm always like, I don't know if I would say that's my favorite. I don't feel like I listen to that the most. I always have some rock band from the nineties and, and then like Broadway show tunes. Those are like my two always, you know? So like, I have Broadway show tunes. Last year I had Killers, and now this year I had Broadway show tunes and I had Green Day. And I was just like, yeah, I guess I listen to rock and that's what I do.
0: I always have at least like some movie composer. Usually it's Hans, but uh, this year it was, it was Thomas Newman, the guy that did 1917. Guess I that, wow. that that soundtrack got a lot of love from me. 1917,
1: was, uh, the soundtrack yeah. of the year.
0: It's a, it's, a, it's a good one. It's very low key. Uh, so I always have like a movie composer and then I always have like U2 and Maroon 5 and then usually some other like random pop art, usually Drake's in there. I, I have, I listen to the most I like, like every type of music, but when it comes down to it, I listen to the most boring shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we all do, right? We all listen to the same four things. I always, I always would rather have a kind of basic um Spotify rap than some of these Spotify raps I see and it's like five indie artists that no one's heard of and I'm like, yeah. okay, you're cool.
0: <laughs> it's, it's like stress me out for some reason. And I don't really know why. Like I it's sort of like when it's always like when it's all five of those, it's just like all like the people like and I'm you know, I'm not saying my music knowledge is all that vast. I like I said, I got pretty boring I gotta keep I I'm like whatever you're playing on the radio is probably fine with me for most of the time. I'm just not that picky. But when it's like a bunch of people that like I've just like never heard of, I'm always just like where where are you finding these people?
1: Yeah, and like the genres that will come up because they showed the genres this year. I saw one that was like princess grunge and I'm like what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the
0: what what is that? I don't know what it is, but I'm about to dive deep into <laughs> Princess Grunge. Princess Grunge. That's We're gonna, gonna soon as soon big... as we start getting like music and sponsor, you know, make you guys listen to this band. It's gonna be, all, basically all Princess Grunge. I mean, that's
1: I've always said we need to go into Princess Grunge as our main as our main theme for this podcast. And <laughs> you I... know,
0: the great thing about New York is like I bet you we could probably go to a Princess Grunge show every Tonight. night. Yeah, we could, yeah, and, like easily, there's probably like seven. <laughs> Me and Matt are just gonna get so into it. They're all in the same warehouse.
1: They are. They're all in the same warehouse. They're they're all at station, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's. uh <laughs> Oh God. Yeah, I. Okay. I, yeah, let's, let's move get, on. Let's no move on, please,
0: Grudge. God, how was how was your Thanksgiving? How are you doing?
1: It was good, man. I uh, I'm I'm getting over something right now, so I'm I'm slowly healing. But uh, yeah, I, I had my first kind of friend- in what
0: way? Because that could have been taken like you just like your fiance dumped you.
1: Oh wow, yeah, that's fair. My fiance didn't dump me. I'm not engaged, guys. If that's if that's what I if you were if you were thinking that I'm not. Um, I did sit down with some friend. I'm I'm sick. Sorry, I should say that. I'm I'm getting over <clears throat> a sickness. A little bit of a tonsillitis issue um that has kind of had me down and um
0: yeah
1: the black lung really uh a couple days i literally was like wow i i feel like someone you know stabbed me in the throat like that's what happened someone someone stabbed me like just through the mouth through the throat came out the back um and yeah but i'm feeling better now Um, and Thanksgiving was great. I wasn't sick for Thanksgiving, so that was nice, and I had my first, like, Friendsgiving. Um, I had it with my girlfriend and her roommates and her cousin who came up, so it was a nice group of people. And, uh, I gotta say, I didn't, I didn't, I was kinda busy, so I didn't have a lot of time to make stuff, but everybody brought their dishes and they all brought it, you know? Like, Margaret, (laughs) like, she makes a mean turkey. What was the best one? Oh, oh, well, this guy, uh, Chris, besides whatever,
0: besides whatever your girlfriend may have made that's yeah. Second that's, best one. What,
1: what, what's the, what's the best one in the air quotes? Yeah. Yeah. It's, Matt's wicked smart. Um, <laughs> yeah, the best thing was probably Chris. He brought the, he brought the sweet potato, the sweet potato, uh, casserole with the marshmallow fluff on top. And it was, uh. It was choice. I've never had like sweet, like sweet potato stuff like that. It's like a southern dish apparently.
0: I'm not, I'm not normally a fan of, of that. But I mean, I, I don't think it's poor, but...
1: No, it's not poor. It's just, it was really good though. It was like nice and toasted, but also like sweet on top. It was good. A stuffing's always my favorite and the stuffing was choice this time as well. Um, but I... I
0: learned choice at Thanksgiving too?
1: Yeah, I just learned choice. <laughs> Stepping was choice, man. It's part of Princess Grunge lingo. I don't know if you know. <laughs> they just say choice.
0: That doesn't seem our brand. But to be honest, I have no idea what the brand of Princess Grunge would be. So
1: That's choice. Fair. Choice it is. Choice it is. Uh, no, it was nice. Everyone did really well. We had this like little kitchen to cook in and still like managed to do it without spilling too much. So, yeah, it was a good times and uh, we played some Boggle. It was great. It was nice and low key, but it was great.
0: Yeah, how about you, man? It was good. It was real good. It had all the all the cousins back. At the uh, well aunts and uncles, everybody backfield Smith house. Uh, my sister got to be there for a lot of it, which was nice, and hang out with the pups. Joe Toussaint, game winner for the Hawks, mm. New York CFC mm. penalty kick winning. Uh, the fan Our fantasy rules are stupid. <laughs> oh well, people. Even though we tied,
1: hey, you beat you beat me this week.
0: So there you go. You got gonna, you got. Some I was just revenge. gonna say. I was just gonna say. Luckily, I can't lose to Yannick in fantasy. Uh, no, but, it was it was man.
1: ridiculous. I can't believe I didn't beat you. I'm honestly, I'm stunned. I really can't. It was. It I was be fair. Most
0: st- of your team kind of was average, but Leonard Fournette when when he when I was watching that game and literally just being like, "Are you is." This is I is
1: joke. I, yeah, it was, it was rough. Just so you guys know, me and Matt now, ev- everything is decided in our league except for the last playoff spot, and it's only between me and Matt. And I, the way that our-
0: I love you if I would've gotten a tie!
1: Yes, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, and so we, we have two games left in the league. I'm, I'm, the way that our league works is the first tiebreaker is, is points scored. And I'm leading him by like forty points. So it's like nothing. It's really like gonna depend. And we both play one playoff team that's like better. And we all we both play someone's like trash. So who knows what's gonna happen, really. I have no idea. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy though. We'll see who makes it out. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm really I'm really not sure. I I I'm like nervous now. I'm I'm super nervous.
0: I mean for fantasy I get it too that like for points points four being the tiebreaker, but that is uh, also lame. I've beaten you twice this year, and points four is still the tie. I mean, these rules just hate me.
1: They, the rules hate you. I will give you that. The rules really do hate you. Um, we and, both, uh,
0: we both, can beat, uh, both can catch Derek.
1: Oh, Derek? We could? If
0: he loses both games and we win both games, he's got less points for than both of us.
1: All right, Derek. We're both coming for you. That's, that's what's happening. We're coming for you. We're going to make it in and
0: uh... uh fantasy i'm always just like just get just get me in the playoffs my the yeah. one year I one year i went like i think i got second in our league and i won another one i don't think i was a high seed in like any of them and then other times when i've been a high seed i always lose early so i'm just like just get me in the playoffs you never know what's gonna happen mm. i got another i got another uh fantasy game just as intense as ours uh i i should probably lose it it's uh while I'm here, congratulations to Yosef Yurich and Molly Kane, Molly Yurich now, uh, for a beautiful wedding this weekend. Me and Yosef are battling. He's eight. I'm ninth. We've, we have the same same record. He's got like 100 more points than me. But we, we're head-to-head this week. So I'm sorry, Yosef, but I, I don't think I can give you this wedding present. But congratulations to to the Yurichs again. Wow,
1: you're so nice. <laughs> you're well, just you're just very honest. I know I appreciate it. You're like, you hey, know. listen, congrats, but at the same time, you know, screw
0: there's, you. Another way, there's, there's another way for him to get into the, the playoffs. Jan, what are we drinking today? Uh I got
1: a Bel Air Sour. It's just like a nice light beer, I feel it's like. So good. And I don't need to it's it's nice on the throat, you know, it's not like something that I'm gonna be like, Oh, I can't talk now. Um so you're on the throat. Yeah, listen, I've been, I've been, I, this entire time, I've just been I making get reference. I
0: where you're coming from with your, you know, illness, but.
1: Yeah, it's okay. The, the, the doctor, she looked at my throat and she asked me some questions afterward and I was like, this feels inappropriate. I don't know what you're implying right now, but this, this feels, uh, <laughs> this feels a little rude. Are you allowed to
0: ask me that? I was like, that's,
1: uh, <laughs> I feel like this is some sort of harassment, um that you're you're implying right now but no bella bella sour nice nice beer that i can trust and rely on how about you
0: i just got a nice simple old peroni no i had some had of the be in the fridge and no, know what that i was like crying.
1: that's that's great man um i also want to i was looking at the spotify wrapped here on the side for our podcast um We released 26 episodes this year, almost 2,000 minutes of content, and eight people listen to our podcast more than any other podcast that they listen to. (laughs)
0: Wow. I'm pretty – that's pretty cool. I mean I only – And I'm not one of them.
1: And I'm also not one of them. I don't listen at all. So thank you guys. We
0: we really should do better at like helping boost our own podcast uh, view and listening.
1: But think about that. Our stats are honest. Our stats—they're yeah. not from us. True. They're honest. Uh-huh. I bet
0: Greenberg's always listening to episodes of Greenie.
1: He's like, "Why is Greenie not on right now? Why is Greenie not Stacy? Stacy, why is Greenie not on right now? You know that I need those stats. I need those stats." <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh,
0: all right, let's get into some sports. Let's talk about sports, let's man. Stuff, like, well, I mean, I guess we've kind of talked about—we've so talked about baseball. At baseball, you know, like yeah. bending the uh, definition of the word. But college football, Yannick, the conference championship games are all set, and we've got to start at home. Of course, the Iowa mm. Hawkeyes Mm-mm. have made it; they are in <laughs> the Big Ten championship How? game. And like I'm, like I'm sure most fans feel this way, unless you're like you know an Alabama fan or or something. But whenever the Hawkeyes have needed like a little luck, especially in the sense of like needing luck from another team. Like said, so, like we get it done on our like we came back and, and won against Nebraska. They of course helped us, but you know, we're able to to make our own luck here and there. Whenever we need, like the situation where we needed Minnesota was it never happens. No. Never. Never. But the Golden Gophers, I all of Iowa, I mean since I was home and I was kind of out and about because the wedding that was day. So we hopped at a bar and literally all of Iowa was gopher fans that day. Like everyone was tuned in except probably Iowa state fans who were probably badger fans, but like Mm. it was, it was nuts how much everyone was invested in this game that didn't have at one of our teams. But thank you, PJ Fleck. And, and thank you, gophers. The Hawkeyes have have slipped into the big 10 title game, 10 and two still deserving, but certainly slipped in luckily. And uh, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, I'll take it too. I, I agree. When's the last time luck has gone our way ever Like, I'm thinking even in in our games, like, we'll we'll have like a drive that just will just be stupid for no reason or like Yeah, just doesn't happen for the Iowa Hawkeye football team. It really doesn't and uh, we get our wins honestly, but not luckily and Yeah, I, I but like there Wasn't there something, though, that told you? Like, I bet Wisconsin's gonna choke this. I don't know why, but there was something that told me they were gonna choke oh, it. I did, I did.
0: I had because a, people I had a were feel- hyping
1: them up, and like, yeah, the beginning of the season doesn't always matter, but like, you can't tell me, looking at how they started to where they were, that they're all of a sudden like a lock. You know, and Minnesota's a good team, and Minnesota <laughs> was always gonna give them trouble. And Wisconsin had kind of the same issues. Their offense was stagnant and their defense could only do so much. And yeah, I mean, thank you, Minnesota. Take that axe get us into the the Big Ten championship and uh we owe you one. And here we go. Let's let's see what we can do against Michigan. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Hey, I like I mean so many so many Hawk fans early on in the season were ready to talk college football playoff and uh I think, as I've said before, I think I think a few of them probably just hadn't watched enough college football because it was so early, and this season in particular, that just seems so chaotic, and, and, I mean, I feel like the top four has drastically changed week to week uh, and still could. I mean, like, there's, there's a very obvious top four that we think probably is going to be left standing uh, come Sunday, but... It could, be, it could be kind of chaotic, depending on how things happen. Um, and for me, for the Hawks, like all year, I just wanted us to win the West because we've still only done it one, once. Last year, we should have, but we choked those first two games against Purdue and Northwestern, and because of those, missed out our chance and Northwestern got to go. So I, that was always my goal. They're there. That's all that matters, and I think you know. I think we have a chance against Michigan, as opposed to if we would have played Ohio State. I, I really, I wouldn't give us much of a chance, just because I think that matchup's so much worse for us with how much they can spread the field offensively. The way Michigan plays, it's it suits us better. It, it gives the Hawkeyes, I think at least at least a fight in this one. Um, and I'm, I'm, I know Iowa hasn't been like super super impressive, but I'm kind of shocked how. I mean, like, I feel like everyone's written them off. I feel like people are giving Houston more of a chance against Cincinnati than talking about the Hawks being able to do it. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's because the Hawks have felt uninspired, you know, because they started so strong. I think people are like, oh, yeah, they're still there, but only because the rest of the Big Ten West is kind of weak, you know, and um, I get that. Like, I'm not saying we deserve more praise, but I agree. I think it's kind of dumb especially in, in today's day and age where you're putting money around these games, I mean, Iowa is like a, a decent upset pick because of the way that I put, they – I
0: put 50 bucks on the Hawks before. I, was, I saw that line. I was like, you can't give me that that good of odds and for me not to – like end of the day, yeah. gambling is like you take the good you know chances they give you. And I was like, I that line, I'll take us straight up on that all day.
1: Right. And you also have to look at what Michigan – what happened to Michigan – Against Michigan State. You know what I mean? Like, this is, they're not so far removed from that where you're thinking, oh, this team has been the dominant force all year and they've slacked everybody around and they were always going to do that to OSU. You know, that was a shock still that what they did to Ohio State. It's so, so
0: funny how, like, there's, there, and this, uh, it happens, it really only happens with like the, the major programs, the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, but like this transitive property where, like, because yeah it, Michigans were talked about as being good but nobody was talking about them as being really college football playoff like it was Ohio State's really good Ohio State's going all this stuff and now and, and not saying Michigan doesn't deserve credit and for everything for beating Ohio State but it's so funny how like the narrative has, has jumped so much of just being like oh yeah Michigan obviously go like like we've all known where it's like isn't this still the same Michigan team that they're I mean we weren't totally sure on and i don't know if one game completely changes that uh we'll talk a little bit more about that game later on uh but the hawkeyes hawkeyes are there and you know i i couldn't be happier we're gonna yannick i hope you're feeling better by saturday
1: oh you know i am i'm i my medication uh runs out on friday so i'll be good (laughs) So perfect. I'll be good.
0: perfect. It literally That's has great. been like a. It's going to be like an Avengers. I hate. I hate that I just made an Avengers reference, but mm-hmm. it's going to be like an Avengers assemble. Like I, all the Hawkeyes are. I've reached out to everyone who I haven't talked to at least a little bit about it, and it's yeah, they're coming. We're coming together, and we'll talk more about it. Yannick, besides the Hawkeye game, and I think we can all, you know, agree that the the SEC championship game. Is the the most exciting game of the weekend? But besides those two championship games, which one's got you the most excited this weekend?
1: Um, I really like the the big the Big Twelve game. I think that that one is going to be an exciting one. I think that um, you know, OK State has everything laid out for them really, really nicely, and um, yeah, it's. I I think that. That, that can be good and that can be bad, right? They basically, they beat Oklahoma and kind of put Baylor in this game. So you think, okay, so now they're just gonna beat Baylor and now they get into the, the playoffs because of something that will happen to Michigan or Alabama. <clears throat> but you have to remember that the first time they played each other this season, Baylor's defense turned them over, like what, three, four times? Um, and it's hard to beat a team twice that is in your conference. So it's still gonna be a test for for Oklahoma State, and um, as much as we see a road for them to get in, they also have to prove to us that they can do enough to warrant that. You know, it's it's the same thing that happened with Oregon, right? We were like, oh, Oregon's a lock to get in. No, you still have to win out in the Pac-12 before we, we tell you that. So, they have to win this game to have a chance, and um, I think that people are giving it to Oklahoma State a little too much. I think Baylor's a good team. Um, I don't think offensively they were going to worry Oklahoma State, but I think defensively they can turn them over. And if Oklahoma State's not careful, you know, they might just be looking at a bowl game as well.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's it's definitely the Big 12 uh, game. And it's really the only other one that I feel like both teams at least have somewhat of a chance. Uh, I think, Oakley, like you said, Okie State's path is is pretty straightforward, especially if they win and Bama loses, you know, they're in. Uh, if, if they win and Bama wins, still still might be up in the air. Uh, a, a 12-1 Oklahoma State, Big 12 champion against a 13-0 Cincinnati. That certainly could be um, up for debate for quite a long time. I, I, I think I still, surprisingly or not, I think I, I still would lead Cincinnati in that setting. So, Oakie State, I think, does need some help. Um, but if they they win and that, that, you know, Bama loses, they're obviously in. Baylor, not quite so clear. I think they need a few more upsets, but I think I think if Baylor could come in, because like you said, that first game really wasn't – it wasn't like Oklahoma State dominated by any means. Uh, it was at home. It was in Stillwater, 10-point win. Baylor kind of just didn't take advantage of, of, of those turnovers uh, particularly. I think they only got like three points off those turnovers, um, which, I mean, you just – when you get chances like that and you don't take advantage of them, you're not going to win many games. So – I think that game's exciting for for that reason, it, just because both teams I think are are still on the hunt, and and because of of that, and I, I think like particularly for Baylor, like they can't just win by one point. So I, I think, and, and Dave uh, Aranda, Aranda will know that. Like he'll he'll tell his boys like they're gonna have to have some style points. Um, and surprisingly or not, it should be more of a defensive battle. The Big 12's kind of changed their. Uh, Change their tune this year. There's actually teams playing defense. I feel like I was a few years ago. that was the first team that'd be like, wait, what if we actually had like a decent defense against these offenses? And uh what if we actually to-
1: try to stop people? That'd be <coughs> that'd be crazy, right? That I wouldn't do you that.
0: Let them score every single time. All right, Yannick, it's time to pick these conference championship games. Let's let's start at the Big Twelve, since we just were talking about them. Uh who do you got winning between The Cowboys and the Bears.
1: I did. I did just talk up the Bears, but I do think the Cowboys are going to get it done. I think they got a great team on them. I think they got a great coaching staff behind them, and uh, yeah, I think that they're going to rise to the moment, and we'll see what happens from there. And maybe they do make it in the playoff, depending on what happens with the other teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Okie State's the defense certainly is legit. I, I think they're certainly a good team. Whether you know that win against Oklahoma may have been partly lucky, but, you know, you have to put yourself in position to to make those lucky plays to win, and, and at the end of the day, they they won, but I I already mentioned Dave, Dave Aranda, and, and I like – there's just something about him that, that I love, and I think he's a coach that won't probably be at Baylor long, and I think a win Saturday is probably going to help that cause. I, I just think he's going to get his Bears motivated just a little bit more and just have a little bit of an ex because I think these teams are are very, very similar. Um, maybe a little bit better quarterback play on Oakie State's side and maybe a little bit better defense. But I don't think it, the, the margin of talent is all that different. And I, I give the coaching edge to to the younger coach in, in Aranda, and, and I, got, I got Baylor winning, which also, cool fact about this game, no matter who wins, it'll be their first Big 12 title game championship going back all the way to the old Big 12 when it was the North versus the South, which started back in, in 1996. So – we will have a first-time Big 12 champion, which is kind of nuts.
1: That is kind of nuts. Really?
0: Ba- so didn't Baylor have
1: Robert Griffin III? They didn't win that year?
0: I don't think they won the Big – I think the TCU ended up winning the Big 12. Wow. Or, 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 no, or you know what? It might have been It might have been back when uh, the Big 12 didn't have – when it was just 10 teams and they didn't have a championship game for a few years.
1: Oh, you're right. You, that's your what, I think that's what it was. Mm, okay, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's exciting. I always love seeing a first time, or like once in a long time champion. I, I I like to see that. So that'll be good, and I'm excited to see that game. I think we have two good defenses, and we'll see which one can win out.
0: Absolutely. All right, Jan. Let's make our way to the Pac-12. Oregon's playoff hopes dashed by this same Utah team in defeat less than two weeks ago. By the time they'll play this game, since they're playing on on Friday taste of defeat still in the mouth the ducks are ready for revenge ready to claim a a pac 12 title rose bowl bid salvage what should have probably been a better season than it's going to be but did you see that first game utah smacked oregon in the mouth for four straight quarters i I think it's going to be closer than it was the first time but i got the Utes winning their first 12 pack 12 or winning their first pack 12 title
1: right and also just like Oregon expected more of this season, but I don't particularly love Oregon's team. I think that they there's a lot to be desired on both sides of the ball, and I still they they're, they're still trying to figure some stuff out. They've been trying to figure things out since Justin Herbert left, and um, I think it's still that way. And I think was Utah, Herbert
0: was there. They like the whole like they haven't been always. There's always something like missing with the with this team.
1: Yeah, they still got some soul searching to do, and I I like Utah. I think Utah's team is great. I think that. You know that game was indicative of them being a great team not like catching oregon by surprise or anything and i agree it's going to be close simply because it's hard to beat a team twice that badly um but i think that this one is 10 point win for utah and i think that uh they're just clearly the better team on both sides of the ball um and yeah i i know oregon's gonna and i think part of oregon wanting to get this revenge even though they did it to themselves uh, I think that's going to hurt them if if they go in with that mentality. I think that Utah's a really smart team, and it's just Oregon's going to make mistakes, and then it's really going to get away from them, and that's going to be an embarrassing end to the season.
0: You can certainly get too too heady with the uh, the bulletin board material, where it ends up, you know, hurting you more than helping. All right, Jan, are you taking Houston? No. <laughs> All right, me either. Cincinnati <laughs> onto the playoff. AAC decided. I, you know, I think we both can agree. Houston's a, a good team, uh, solid defense, but uh, Cincinnati. Can't is believe people are
1: disrespecting Cincinnati like that. I'm sorry.
0: I, I think, and it too it's just like the Cincinnati team, and, and this is like, it seems like a somewhat stupid thing to say uh, because you could you say this to about any team, but I just, I really just don't think the Cincinnati team is let is are going to let themselves lose. When they're this close, when it's like yeah. it, it, they're almost there, they It'll might be go to the playoff and lose by hundred in their first playoff game. But I, I just don't. They're gonna get there. They've they've inched and clawed for two straight seasons. I don't see it happening. Let's go to the ACC. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest and uh, Pitt probably the least you know national implications when it comes to this game. But kind of refreshing not to see Clemson in, in this game. Who do you who do you like in this one? Oh, this
1: was, I mean, this this was a hard one. I don't, I don't really, I mean, I, I do like both teams. Um, I'm going to pick Pittsburgh because of their quarterback. I think that, you know, big game. I think Pitt's got, Pitt's got, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Kenny Pickett. Um, and I think Kenny Pickett is, is he, he's legit. So I think, you know, here's a game for him to show out. He's obviously not going to be a first-round pick. But here's a game for him to show out, win a championship, and Pitt's defense still real, real good. So I think uh, Wake Forest. You know, I think we're hyping them up a lot, and they have had a good season uh, in a Clemson-less kind of feels ACC. Um, but I do like Pitt, and I'm and I'm going with I'm going with Kenny Pickett and Pitt.
0: Yeah, and I actually don't. I mean, I don't think him becoming a first round pick is is all like that outside the realm of, of possibility because of just how much emphasis there always is going to be on the quarterback. Like you don't have to be the greatest prospect of all time. And people will reach for you in the first round because that's just how valuable uh, quarterbacks are. Uh, and he does have really all the tools. And this could be kind of a, a jumping off point for him in that, in that venture to, to try and become a first round pick. I, I agree though. I'm picking him because of Kitty Pickett. Both teams are, are really similar. Both teams Really can score a lot of points. Both average over 40 points per game. But I think Kenny Pickett is the better quarterback. So I'm going to go with Pitt and Pickett to win the ACC. All right. Big 10, SEC. We're picking the Hawkeyes last, even though the SEC is the bigger game.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Tell me what you think. What's going on in the SEC this weekend?
1: I mean, here's the thing. Alabama, you know, you can say all you want about their last game. And, like, how could you almost – lose to Auburn and go and like quadruple overtime or whatever it was. Um, and and you, you and you can say anything you want about Bryce Young and everything, but this game doesn't it doesn't matter who George is playing. In my head, it doesn't matter who George is playing. George's defense is the best defense we've seen in a decade. Like it's so, so dominant, so turnover heavy so It just stuffs you in every way. Their secondary's good. I mean, I just don't think it matters who is in this game Like even if this was I just don't think and we'll go into championship, you know Later when we have the championship, you know top four But I just don't think any team is gonna get remotely close to the goal line with Georgia so I I just it, it feels so weird to say But Alabama being in this SEC game kind of feels irrelevant because I just think no matter who they have, they might put—they're going to put points up. They're not going to get shut out. Let me let me say that—they're not going to shut out, obviously, because it's Nick Saban. Nick Saban doesn't get shut out. But um, but I think
0: the fact that they're even a six and a half point like underdog is insane. Like Alabama losing by ten feels like a blowout.
1: Right. Exactly. And um, I just think Georgia's defense is is ridiculously good, and their offense has also looked really really. Um, really, really competent. Um, not saying that they're, you know, Alabama level competent, but they've they've looked pretty good. And so I, I just think this 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 feels like an easy. It feels weird to say, you know, because it's Alabama, but this feels like an easy pick. And this is, I think, Georgia's going to win this one pretty easily. I can see them going up like twenty eight nothing, and then Bryce Young, you know, comes back, maybe makes it a game a little bit. But I I don't really see this as a game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it. It's one of those games where, like, when you look at it, like, Bama, it, they, they feel somewhat inevitable. Like, it, it's... It, it just, I am inevitable. It, I mean, they do. Like, that's... You're just kind of like, yeah, they're, they're going to be like... They're going to go win the SEC. It doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. They're going to win the SEC and um, go to the college football play- I mean, they've been to the college football playoff every single year, except the one time, like, perhaps the greatest team of all time was in their same division, let alone their own conference. So it's a team that just – you're always like, yep, they're going to be there, and they're probably going to win it all. Uh, and, like, Kirby's been so close, but Bama's always just been a little bit better. They've always just been able to get it done. But I, I agree. Like, this Georgia defense is as – Ridiculous. As, as I've, like, ever seen. Like, I I don't know many defenses that I can think of that are just, like, so, so dominant in, like, every single facet uh, of the game. And like you said, I mean, I think their offense is is better than advertised. It's not – it's not going to – they're not going to beat you probably by being able to score 50 points, but they don't need to. And that offense is is still, like, better than, than I think people give it credit to. The whole, you know, Saban's never been beaten by an assistant, like that thing's done. Jimbo already got that over, like, Kirby Smart's head, so that question doesn't have to be there. Like, Bama, as inevitable as they feel, they also feel – they feel far more mortal this year. Than, than the inevitable Bama that we've seen. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's going to – I, I kind of think it's going to be a close affair till third quarter-ish, and I think George is going to start just pulling away because I, I think they just have too much, particularly on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, and I also – I think Alabama offenses, what the the hallmark of Alabama offenses, for them to, like, pull out these inevitable moments as we're talking about them, is is you need all three – you need a great quarterback, you need a great running back, and you need one great wide receiver that is a matchup nightmare, right? And Alabama right now, you know last year for example, Mac Jones, great quarterback. Not saying, you know, elite, but but he was great. Najee Harris, elite running back, DeVonta Smith, elite wide receiver.
0: That's well, what she- I mean. That that Bama team is like you're talking maybe the greatest for any team to, to be like, you need this, that seems pretty unfair because no, that no, no, game, no. It was like the greatest offense ever. I've I just think, think the whole Bama team, like, besides Bryce Young, and they do have good receivers. There's no part of this team that feels elite. They feel really good at everything, but like no part I mean, Tim Anderson's great on the defensive side of the ball, but even the defense like because like that's what Saban's been known for more than anything, is is great defense – like. They've had very, very average offenses most of Saban's time there until recently where he's like, no, we need to be more explosive. But, like, it, I think just this team as a whole feels there, – there's no part of it where you're like, oh, yeah, that that is the best in the country, which is weird for – I mean, I guess maybe Bryce Young. But normally for an Alabama team, you're saying that's the best linebacker in core, offensive line, and running back team, like, They've got three or four position groups that you're like, that's the best. This team doesn't feel like that on on really, like, any level. Right, exactly.
1: And, like, they just don't have that person that can break a matchup. This is a matchup that is bad for them and that they should lose. So what they need is a player who can break that, and they don't have that. They don't have a Jerry Judy. They don't have,
0: um, you know. pretty is pretty darn good. No, he's pretty darn good, but he's not – Georgia, can, it, I, Georgia just Georgia's defense. I mean, like, I don't, I don't even know if you throw Devontae Smith on this team if, if that changes it that much. Like, I, I, I think this team has too little across the board. Where I don't think one star it fixes what like Bama has. No,
1: I'm not saying it's going to fix everything, and that with one star, Alabama would win this game. But I'm saying I think it's really impossible for Alabama to win this game because the only star that they can rely on is the quarterback, and that Georgia's going to just destroy him. Georgia's just gonna just throw him into the ground, really. And, and uh, I just think that's gonna make it really hard for him to do anything, especially when he has no one else that he can rely on that can take some of that pressure off of him. All the players are great. I think for them to beat this kind of Georgia defense, they would need a couple of those stars that can do things that other players can't, you know? And I don't think that they have players that do that. They, like you said, great players, but nobody elite and to beat this Georgia defense they they would need to be elite. so I think it's gonna be a good matchup. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, but I do think that Georgia's gonna win it and I don't think that it's gonna feel very close you know what I mean even if the score is close I think I it's think... gonna
0: be I think it's gonna be pretty clear that like Georgia because like I think Georgia needs that like I don't I don't think Georgia can like win this game on a last second field goal and like feel. Good about it. Like I think they need, as a program, to slay this demon. Which you know we've seen a lot in conference championship. Like there was a time where Florida was kind of dominating the SEC, and there was that first SEC championship game where Bama was able to beat them, and Bama kind of took the the, the helm at top. Um, and so I, I I see like the similar sort of thing here, where like Georgia needs to defiantly get this W.
1: Yeah, they need to be. They need to. It needs to be a pretty like secure win. It needs to be from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. We were in control or mostly in control. Obviously, against Nick Saban, you can't always be in control the whole time. But I mean, what Auburn just did to Alabama, I'm just like, yeah, this this feels pretty done and
0: dusted. Right. I mean, yeah, the fact like it, it does. It, it, I, like it feels weird to be so like. Feel so confident that Bama's not gonna win, which terrifies me. Oh yeah, which like oh, oh yeah, every time, every like every time in my head that I'm like, yeah, Georgia's gonna win this game. Like they're they're just better. They are. I like my entire body goes. Nick, Nick Saban, like I, we can say we can say Tom Brady in the playoffs is scary. Nick Saban and Bama, it, oh yeah, put him to shame in the last decade. Like. So I, I agree. We both got Georgia. All right, let's go. Big 10. Jan, I'm going Hawks. It's, it's a heart pick, 100%, without a doubt. But this is our show. I'm 50% of, of the, the ownership of the show, which means I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, and I'm going to pick the Hawkeyes for any reason I want. But the reason, for my belief, is I do think Michigan will have a, a bit of a hangover after the win over Ohio State. Like, I, like I just do. Uh, I, I don't like. No matter w- whether it really helps Iowa enough to to help them win the game, I think in that first quarter you're going to see a Michigan team just a little flat-footed because that win was so so big for them. I mean, they hadn't won; they lost eight straight. They lost 15 of 16, particularly in the in like this was the third game in the last you know 15 years or so that deserve, that determined a national championship like competing uh, game Um, one time for the BCS national championship and a few years ago for a spot in the playoff and both times Ohio state won those. I mean, Harbaugh had never, so there's just so much to it that I think Michigan is going to have a hangover in that hangover. The Hawkeyes have to take advantage, have to create turnovers early and, and and hopefully at least get a defensive score. Um, And at that point it comes down to the special teams and, and, seven being able to make at least enough throws uh, we don't need him to throw 300 yards he's not going to but when they need a completion like against nebraska can he, he get it done and and he got it done against nebraska this is a, obviously michigan's a different team but when when the pass is needed when the play needed can you step up and do it hawkeyes win 27
1: 24. oh yeah man i it's 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 a tough one it's a tough one to pick i um the hawks can't it's just what sucks is right you're you're so right about the hangover i think it is going to happen i think that michigan fans and the pundits and even the michigan team they think that them being Ohio State came out of them being a better team. Make no mistake, Ohio State is the clearly better team between those two. What happened there was a combination of one team that had flaws that hadn't yet been exposed all that much, and one team that was on the rise and hadn't beaten Ohio State in ages. There was heart behind this it game. Was
0: great, it was a great gameplay. Like I like yeah. uh, I think that's something that has gotten overlooked in that. Like Harbaugh called a perfect perfect game for against that 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 young ohio state defense
1: exactly and i think harbaugh you know i'm looking at the last couple games they played against you know michigan state's the one you would look at but indiana penn state maryland even ohio state's defense this year i just don't think harbaugh's had to call a game against a good defense like ours just yet um i don't think that they're going to score you know 30 plus points so they, they play wisconsin um, they played Wisconsin in the very beginning of the year, I believe, and they beat them 38-17 to 17 in, in the beginning of October, yeah. but, that's, but that's also when Wisconsin didn't that was, know what Yeah, there's
0: hell... was a lot, yeah, a much different Wisconsin team.
1: Right, so it, it's hard to really gauge, and I'm not saying that that is the reason I'll pick them. Um, but usually when Iowa loses, and this is kind of the same thing, usually when Iowa loses, there's like a star player that we just can't stop. And with Ohio State, it's very clear that that would be CJ Stroud. We wouldn't be able to contain him for that long. We would go down two scores, and at that point, this Iowa offense isn't able to really like catch up, you know, two scores behind against a good team. Um, but with Michigan, I the quarterback doesn't scare me all that much. The running back that just had five touchdowns, I think that was like a game script thing. I don't think it's that because he's a five-touchdown maniac. Um,
0: well, and even and even if he is, like, I think anytime, anytime the Hawkeyes play anybody, I'm I'd much rather have a star running back than a star quarterback because our run defense is better. Like our run defense is just always stronger, and it's not it's not as good as it used to, as like normally is, but but I think it's good enough this year where I I always would rather play a team that runs the ball than passes the ball, and the the one thing that worries me about Michigan and we saw this weekend with Nebraska. Is is McNamara can do those read options, and we don't always defend. I mean, they they've got two running backs, a quarterback that can run. I I worry on that stuff um, on, on being able to contain that because we're not we have such a traditionalist defense that at, at times it it just it can't keep up with 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 those those RPOs and and the read option.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's a lot of things to worry about <laughs> against Michigan
0: because right. the team hasn't looked super great. And we, and we should lose I mean like there's, Yeah. There's parts of my dad I mean, I've mentioned this to you before we got on. My dad, I think, has been hired as a coach. He's like called me every day with just like game plans and like talking to me as if like he's either needs me to go tell the team or he's about to tell like he is like so he's like, Hey, so this is what we need to do and just execute that and we'll win. And I'm just like, what? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope that happens. What do you want me to to do about it? Like Call I, up it, it, it's, We it, know it, you got his
1: number. Call yeah, him up.
0: I, <laughs> I apparently I need to. But you know, he keeps th- there's a little bit of the pundit stuff where I'm like annoyed that they overlooked us so much. But like, he keeps getting like so offended, and I'm just like, well, look, Dad, like we haven't looked that impressive, and our most impressive wins are against teams that ended up not being impressive. Indiana was garbage this year. Uh, Iowa State was was. Good, but not what like they were supposed to be. Like, our resume isn't all that impressive for for being a ten and two team. So like, yeah, they go ahead. Like, they sh- they do deserve to think Michigan's gonna win. And like I always tell him, like, if you are so offended by it, like we, we got a chance on Saturday to, to show them that they're idiots. Like, yeah, exactly. Who cares? Who cares what they say if we go and win?
1: Yeah, I I, I think really. What I'm worried about is that we can't go. We can't go down two scores against anybody. Anybody like we barely could go down scores against Nebraska. You know what I mean? Like we really, our team is not built to come from behind. So if the Iowa Hawkeyes going to win this game, they have to hold. It ha, it's it's got to be like. You say like 27 something. I think this has to be like a 15 to 7 game. Like, I really think that it needs to be a defensive battle. And well, I, I think I
0: just don't think we're going to be able to hold them all game where I think we need. That's why I'm like, I think we need like we need a pick six, a fumble in the first quarter. Like, we need a defensive score early and then like another turnover to get us. Like, I'm thinking we score most of that 27 points in the first 10 minutes and then do what we've done a lot of the season, like, which is just and protect that lead with a solid you know bend don't break defense and really good special teams yeah we'll see what happens i mean i
1: i'm also picking the hawkeyes let me just say that um yeah. because you know if 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 we don't pick the hawkeyes on our podcast right who is, who is you know what i mean I have
0: some faith
1: yeah and and what i'm really hoping for is at least a good showing a good game by the hawks give them a good game Go out there and get the win. And if you don't, let's like get a good bowl game and like really be excited about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The thing that the thing that sucks about it, because the Big Ten's so top heavy this year, is we I mean, win, we obviously go to the Rose Bowl. If we lose, we, they probably don't go to a New Year's Six Bowl because Ohio I think you can only have two. I think mean, you, you have three teams total if one of them is in the college football playoff, which would be Michigan. And then I think Ohio State and and Michigan State, unfortunately, would get picked before us. Which you think Michigan up.
1: State, if we would if we played a close game, you think Michigan State would get picked above us?
0: I think they. I think they would because mm-hmm. they would still be ranked higher than us. And technically, they'd be ten and two. We'd be ten and three. Uh, I think also it's probably been it's been a couple of years since they've been in one. So sometimes that just like marketing wise, I, I do think they'd go Michigan State. We'd still. I mean, we'd still get. What like Capital One Bowl? I, I mean, we're gonna get a January first bowl basically no matter what. Um, but it's it's kind of do or die on on the the New Year Six. And I tell you what, if we win this one and Utah wins, I, I'd much rather. I'm not sure play Utah than Oregon again. Like I know Oregon's probably the, like not as good of a team, but I like matchup wise, I like our chances against Utah more than Oregon. Now I'm now I'm really getting ahead of myself.
1: Now you are getting ahead of yourself. No, Iowa definitely thrives on matchups more than it does like pure who is a better team. Um, and so I'm excited, though. It's going to be really a good watch, and it's going to be a good weekend.
0: All right, Jan, one quick question. I kind of yeah. mentioned Heisman earlier. Where Where do you think it's going now?
1: I mean, I still think it's going to go to Bryce Young. It's difficult, obviously, because Bryce Young's game against Auburn wasn't... Wasn't convincing. we um, we
0: both were just like, there's no way that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are both going to, like, not do well this weekend, right?
1: Right. Right. No, for sure.
0: And if if uh, Alabama, Alabama would have lost that game?
1: Oh. I don't know. I don't know who would have. That's, that's so hard. That's, that's – I don't know. Because then I'm like, does – Bryce Young having another game help him? I don't know, I don't know that it does. Um, especially against Georgia's defense. He might throw four picks. Um, and it's not really his fault because they're a good defense, but um, yeah, I think that I'm going to go with Bryce Young. I think he's going to play you know as well as he can against Georgia um, and, and lock it up. It's hard to say, um, but I do think C.J. Stroud not being able to will his team You know, past Michigan, and also like now they're done; their season's over. You know, they have a bowl game, but that that says a lot. Now that he's going to be sitting on the sideline for two, maybe three weeks, while Bryce Young, you know, has had the chance to play, I I think that it means a lot. So I'm going to go with Bryce Young, and I it's just like, (laughs) it's just you know by process of elimination, really. It's not really. I'm not confident about it, and I think that if he were to like throw four picks in this game. Like, I don't know what's going to happen then. Um,
0: it's got to be the the lamest Heisman race of all time, right? Like, I, it, I'm trying to... Like, I is. Like, I remember there was a couple years ago, and, like, obviously not, not every year is incredible. And, and there's one a couple years ago that was, like, pretty boring. But usually, like, there's at least somebody that, like, towards the end, you're like, okay, yeah. Like, you... You did enough. You had you at least had like that Heisman moment, and and earned earned your award in in some sa- fashion. I guess I can't even remember which one that was because we've had quite a straight Like Devontae, deserving, Joe Burrow, Kyler Baker, Lamar all deserving. Derrick Henry, Marcus Mariota, Winston, Manzel, Griffin, Cam Newton, Mark Ingram maybe the last one that you can be like that wasn't the sexiest, but I remember. I think it was Mississippi State. I remember the the Mark Ingram Heisman, where like he single handedly took a game over for Alabama, and and at least had that. Like this year, there's there's no one. And I, I agree with you. I think Bryce Young, but it like obviously, if he goes out in Bama, I don't even know if he has to even play all that well. If he goes out and Bama wins, it's his. Like, if, if, if Bama – like, even if he has kind of a bad game against Georgia, if Bama wins, it's his award, no no matter what. Um, and I think if he has just, like, a really good – like, if it's a shootout and he has him in it the whole time, it's it Like, it's his kind of to lose. But it's also, like like you said, having another – most of the time having another game is good for you. But going up against that defense, I, like, it could get bad. Um, and, and I think, like – I think there's at least a chance for some guys this weekend to get their name in the race and steal votes from other guy. Like I, I think Kenny Pickett, like if he has a really just like monster game, like I don't think he's going to come win, but I think he could like sneak to third and would steal votes from from somewhere else, and, and maybe even the same for, for Um And then like, could this could it could it be a, a defensive guy? Could Hutchinson? No, could no. Jordan Davis? Could Will? If one of them absolutely dominates their game, I think there's a legitimate chance that that they could win because I just don't think anybody's gra- like it's there for Bryce Young's to, it, like it's Bryce Young's to lose, but he doesn't have a lot of security on it. Like he, he doesn't have a, a home alert system, no ring guarding this thing. Like it, it, it he could lose it like decently easily if like one of like one of these guys just takes over a game.
1: I think for Aiden Hutchinson to win the Heisman, he would have to play against Iowa and sack our quarterback six times. He would have to break some kind of sack record in order for him to win that Heisman. I
0: don't think it had to be six. I think it had to be like four and a couple of fours. I do think it have to be like a monster defensive game, but I don't think it's like a game that, Especially for, like, these guys are good. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility.
1: I I think that it was such a two-horse race. And I know they're both disappointed. But I still think that the only quarter... Sorry, quarterback, I said. But, like, the only player that could knock Bryce Young out, it would have been C.J. Stroud. And he doesn't have a chance to. So I really think... I, I don't think that it's locked up because who knows what Bryce Young does against Georgia. But I also think... It's Reese, kind of like, Reese he,
0: Davis said yesterday, right now he'd vote for Will Anderson. I think there's more of a chance that Bryce Young doesn't win than than we think. Again, I think like Bryce, like if Bryce Young just gets it done, it he'll win. Like I like it's kind of it's kind of like the college playoff, football playoff, like what we. if if these things occur, it's very, very straightforward. Boom, boom, boom. These four teams. If Bryce Young goes and has a good game or Bama, like just just a serviceable game or Bama wins, it's his. But like, I think there's more of a chance that he doesn't win than people think.
1: Yeah, but I, so I see it kind of like a college football playoff situation too, except for me, it's like saying that an uh, outside of the power five is gonna make it simply because the top power five has has been underperforming. I don't think that it's gonna be all that close. Yannick, I mean Yannick,
0: somebody outside the power five is about to make the college football and how
1: long did it take us for us to take them seriously? I, how long? I,
0: I know I'm not saying this is gonna be a Heisman all uh, like always thing that's occurring. I think it is one of those unique seasons that it could be someone else. I again like I I think. To your point, I think it would have to be a monster performance. Like, I like, I don't think Aiden Hutchinson can have, like, a sack and Michigan wins and they're going to give it to him. Like, it, he, they're going to have to grab the headline of the weekend, but they're all capable. Like, there are defensive guys capable out there that can, and they're going to have the platform to do it. And, and I just think most of the time when we get to this point, you're like, look, this quarterback's got it wrapped up. I think we all can agree, like, Bryce Young does not have it wrapped up in, in any means.
1: Yeah, I would say he doesn't have it wrapped Certainly up.
0: Certainly especially... the favorite. Certainly. The no. Favorite.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't say he had it wrapped up. I just have so little hope in them giving it to a defensive player. Um, it's, I agree. It's, it's kind of hard to even go there in my head. I agree with Kenny Pickett though. I, he would also have to have a ridiculous game. But let's say Bryce Young gets destroyed by a Georgia defense, which can't could happen very possibly. And let's say Kenny Pickett like has a ACC record breaking day. I mean, here's the thing.
0: Pitt is, like, it's a historical football program. Right. Like, the following of Pitt is – so, like, it would get a lot of of support behind it. And end of the day, like, yeah, Pittsburgh isn't the flashiest of of East Coast cities. But, like, the East Coast media is going to go for an East Coast team like that all the time. That's why I think – there's a good chance that like one of these guys could sneak in too because I think like I think Kenny Pickett could could steal some boats from from Bryce Young from the like oh we're only going to pick quarterback crew like could could Penny kick it steal some of those it's it's I mean you know it, as I complain that like nobody's grabbed the headlines and uh, it's not the normal Heisen race it's actually kind of fun having really no clue who's going to take it home.
1: Yeah, it's exciting for the opposite reason <laughs> because it's yeah. like, does anybody want to win this? Anybody yeah. at all? <laughs> does anybody? Anybody? Bueller. Um, right. Aiden. Anybody. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I would also, you know, I want Georgia to win. I want Georgia to slay those demons for sure. But like, how epic would it be if Bryce Young comes out and Beats the Georgia defense and like I mean,
0: di- dices up that defense. It would ooh. be, it, and that would be. You know, it's funny too because if he goes and does that, everything we've said about like this not being a fun Heisman race and like not having no storyline and all this stuff would just completely evaporate because it'd be like, boom, like amazing quarterback performance against maybe best defense at like, I love. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it'd be great. So, lots of fun storylines. That's what we we love here on the podcast is fun storylines that eventually come crashing down. Um, but you know, it's it's fun to talk about them while they're a possibility.
0: <laughs> right. It's true. Oh, Jan, let's uh, let's uh, stay with college football off the field. A certain coach who knows a thing or two about winning Heisman's, uh, two Heisman winners at his time in Oklahoma. He leaves the seven Heisman time Heisman winning school. To go to another seven to- – well, I guess technically USC has six. Uh, they had to vacate Reggie Bush. I love when they're like, they took away the – well, he won it. So, like, no. They got seven. Like, Reggie Bush won that. You can't – you don't have the men in black machine. But Lincoln Riley, the OU head coach, leaves the Sooners, heading out west, heading to Hollywood and joining the USC Trojans. We thought that was going to be the biggest move of college football. No, no, no. Chip Kelly – or pardon me, Brian Kelly. Chip Kelly, you'd believe more that this would happen. Mm-hmm. Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, heading to LSU, joining the Tigers, joining the SEC, and now uh, Notre Dame has already uh, hired his replacement. Apparently Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator, will be taking over for the Irish. Uh Yan, I mean these are massive moves when when Lincoln Riley moved we we thought that'd probably be the b- biggest seismic shift we knew these schools were gonna get major hires but but not not many times do do somebody leave the s- schools in the same name as, as Oklahoma and Notre Dame to go to any sort of job so uh, what what are your kind of initial reactions which which move kind of surprised you the most and and just your kind of breakdown of, of these seismic shifts in the landscape of college football.
1: Yeah, I mean, both surprised me. I think both surprised everybody. But I, I, I they surprised me for different reasons, you know. The biggest thing that I'll say about these moves, right, great moves for USC and for LSU. You know, LSU, I don't even think they liked Ed Ogeron when he was there, even in the year that he won. So... Like Ed, been... Ed
0: Orgeron was like Ole oh, he gunner,
1: yeah. Was like, he oh was...
0: man, like such a nice guy. I know he loves his place. I know he really, really wants to be good. He not. He's, He's not.
1: He's not. Good. Yeah, yeah. That year that they had everybody that was the players that wasn't Ed Orgeron. Let's just be very clear about
0: that. And Joe Brady. I mean Joe Brady with, yeah, hundred um, percent.
1: And so this is great for LSU. You know, post Les Miles, they have now a coach that I think can do a lot of good for them. Great for USC, a team that's been trying to find its dominance for the last decade back, you know, and um, I think Lincoln Riley can really establish himself as one of the top, not that he's not already, but, like, he can establish himself as the guy in Southern California, make it a place that everybody wants to go again. So exciting for them. But what this, this, this is a death sentence for those two other programs. Those coaches left because because of ideas that they, and a lot of the college football community have about those programs for Notre Dame. It's that Brian Kelly was saying, I'm going to LSU. You know why? Because I don't think Notre Dame has any future. I don't think that they're going to make the college football playoffs. And I don't think I'm going to win anything here. My time is ticking. I'm leaving. Otherwise he would have stayed there. He would have stayed there. And he's saying, everybody says Notre Dame is a big name. Me leaving for LSU? Not for Alabama, not for For LSU, granted, LSU is like a big name and LSU is on the same. Yeah, come on. But 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 like but like it's not it's not a once in a lifetime job opportunity is what I'm saying. It's yeah, not. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, it is. No, it's not for
1: you for a coach of Notre Dame. It's not. It's not.
0: Well, I mean, like, yeah, if you're just putting it in the terms of like, is it a normal shift to go from Notre Dame to LSU? No, but like LSU is a better. Program and a better job than Notre Dame. Just like it is, like because of the state p- pipeline, because of the conference, because of everything like that, like LSU, it, it is up there with Alabama. And I mean, like Texas hasn't been good, but like, same with Texas, where like the job, the, the perks of the job are just like natural inheritance that you just like get.
1: 100%. I'm not saying, but that's what I, but that is kind of the point I'm making is that. Notre Dame not being in a conference is the big thing. If Notre Dame was a part of a conference, I think that this one move wouldn't have happened. I think that that is what this move says. Notre Dame join a damn conference. You're not better than anybody else. In fact, you're you're you'll be left very easily, even by somebody who's been there for a decade. You know. So I think it's just indicative of the future of Notre Dame as a big name in football. They're not anymore. Like they've got a historical claim to it. But without moving to a conference and being able to like create their own you know path with that, I just think that that, that program is going to slowly decline if they don't make that decision and for and for Oklahoma, we've seen it already. We've seen star recruits decommit left and right the last week, like just left and right left a lot and right. though
0: when a coach like leaves or gets fired. I don't think like that alone is
1: you remember the last time some that so many recruits decommit?
0: I think it's up to like nine or ten top five recruits I mean. I don't you know? think it's been that many that that have all decommitted. Um, no, I mean like it's going to take a hit. I like I think I think to call it a quarterback sleeping. I think I think to call it a death sentence for Oklahoma. I think actually to call it a death sentence for either I think is is inaccurate. Um, I think Oklahoma is still a great job. I actually think it's like I'll say more on what I think league of Riley uh, wise in a sec. But like I. I think it's pretty soft that he's leaving because they're going to the SEC. Uh, if anything that only strengthens Oklahoma, uh, you're gonna get more of those SEC guys looking to Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma has such a, more of a foothold in Texas right now than Texas. Like it, it, it's a place that gets top recruits all the time. It's a, 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 a like great job. And, and I just don't see it like falling apart. Like I've seen people like trying to compare it to the move of like Missouri. Or Nebraska, I, I think we'd see it more like Texas A&M. Like Texas A&M wasn't doing all even that good in the Big Twelve when they moved to the SEC. Now A&M's routinely getting top recruits, and like the SEC has a pull to it. Um, so I think Oklahoma would be fine. I do agree with you in the sense that I think this is going to make Notre Dame have to go to a conference. Like I, I think this had like it has to be a wake up call. Um, I, they are still a brand name. And, and I think you can still do a lot of really good things at Notre Dame. Like Brian Kelly like, did. I, you know, he routinely got 10 wins, routinely went to solid bowls, got guys drafted. Like I, as much as Notre Dame fans and Notre Dame inflate the is, Im, image of their we have to give Brian Kelly a lot of credit that he brought them back to being like a respectable, routinely top 15 team in the country and deserving of it. Because there was a lot of time where like Notre Dame would win their first three games and they'd be ranked five. And they hadn't beaten anybody, but it was Notre Dame, so they're always ranked. And then you know they finally play people and get their ass beat. Brian Kelly he really did bring them back to at least being winners. Uh they, they routinely win most of their rivalry games. I mean, like I obviously USC's going through a struggle themselves, but like they dominated that rivalry. Um and and so he has brought them up. To, to a level where they hadn't been for a while. But you're right. Like, he clearly – I would – this the, – the Brian Kelly move shocked me more because to have the the gall to be like, yeah, I, I've taken us I – th- I think, like, he's, he's seen that. He's, I've taken us to the edge. One BCS National Championship, two playoff appearances. They weren't in a minute of either – like, all three of those games. Like, I, he has seen firsthand – how how good he can make them, and all the shortcomings that they've still got. So when you do have a, a job like LSU, where like the last three coaches there have won national champions, won national championships. That's insane. Like that it tells you all you need to know about that job because only one of them, I think, we all would think is is a really great coach. Like Les Miles had some nice years. We all like Ed O but like Nick Saban's really the only one that we're like, that's a, a, a great coach. There's a reason that those guys all won national championships. Uh, so Brian Kelly, I, I I give him a ton of credit for being like, you know what? Yeah, I do need to make this move. Like, is it a move people make? No, but is it the right move? Uh-huh. And it's a great hire by LSU. I think he wins a national championship within five years. Like I, I really do. Like, I wow. think it's, because, because that's how quickly they can turn it around in LSU. Like, He's gonna get 10 wins next year I guarantee it because yeah. that team is still stacked with NFL talent like it always is like they've had six and six teams that are just like five first rounders like it's it, so it's gonna be he is so good he's like i think the definition of just like CEO tight shit getting things done head coach I think he's gonna turn around real quick that one shocked me more but I get that move more than than Lincoln Riley's move. I have no idea what Lincoln Riley's doing. And I know USC is a great job. I know it's got all the potential to be to be one of those top jobs. California, right in there, LA, Hollywood. It he was in a pretty great situation having Bob Stoops be like, Hey, here's this great program. Can you take it over? And all credit to Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley made that job his. He's had two Eisman winners, two first round the first overall picks. He's gotten him to the playoff. He dominated the like. I do think Lincoln Riley's a good coach, but it's a lot different taking over a program that's rolling on all cylinders than taking over a program that's not been all that good. And and really, it, when you look back at the last thirty years, besides the the seven Pac-12 championships that Pete Carroll won in his nine years and the other combined twenty-two years, USC has three Pac-12 championships like for a program that that's supposed to be that good that's horrendous like that's not good in any any way shape or form and and I also think there's a bit to the fact that back in the Pete Hero days the Ram and Chargers weren't around and now not only are the Ram and Chargers around the Ram and Chargers are kind of good so that whole celebrity all of Hollywood being behind you it's you're not they're not the you know only dog in the sh- in the show anymore whatever the saying is. I don't know sayings, clearly. But you get my point. Like, it, it's not just them as far as football. So they're, they're fighting more for, you know, interest and all that stuff. So I do I think Lincoln Riley can can and will do a good job at USC? Yes. But I I, I think he's insane for leaving the situation he's in and, and going there. Right.
1: Here's how I'll reward uh, reword what I said earlier. I think – Rather than it being a death sentence that's gonna come true, I think both of these coaches gave their ultimatum of what they thought of their own programs. I think linking Riley leaving to the USC, maybe it's it's some, what's it called? When maybe it's reflecting what he feels about his own coaching ability onto Oklahoma, but he was basically saying, I don't necessarily wanna be with Oklahoma when they're in the SEC. I don't think that they're gonna be great. Is what he was see, saying. No, and
0: see, see, but I think it's more of a knock on him. And like, maybe that's know, true. Because how can you look at Oklahoma and be like, we've got no chance. Like, you routinely get more recruit, like top recruits. You routinely win 10 games. Like, you're routinely one of the best teams in the nation. You join the SEC. All that happens when you join the SEC is things get better. Like, it's just a fa- – you get – your pockets get fatter. You get to buy a lot more shit. You get in bigger games. Like – they were going to – they're going to be fine. Uh, fine. Yeah. I mean, like, we'll see who they hire. I've heard Matt Campbell associated with that one. I don't see him going to – I don't think he would do that to Iowa State fans. Uh And I also don't think, like, Oklahoma's like a dream, dream job of his. Uh, Lane Kiffin, dude, that's who I think they should get. I yeah. don't like that high-flying offense. And, you know, he's he's more mature Lane Kiffin, but he's still a little bit of a cowboy. And I think Oklahoma fans would learn to love that about, like, if he's as long as he's winning games, that little like spitfire that Lane Kiffin brings, I think Sooner fans would would fall in love with him.
1: I actually, um, it's so funny. I had a dream the other night about about, about this Kiffin? about Lane Kiffin. Now mm-hmm. about this Oklahoma job, and you want to know what happened in that dream, and I just can't get my head off of um, because when I saw this, I was like, you know what Oklahoma could do they could hire an NFL coach that's coming off of their job, and that's how they could try to rebuild this era now post-Lincoln Riley. And I had a dream, Matt, that I had a dream that Urban Meyer was oh, the coach of, of Oklahoma. And let me tell you, what a, be what a, that'd, be, that'd be a situation. You know
0: what I mean? Like, I'd I be think- there for two days. I don't know if Urban Meyer's ever going to get a like, – it, it has to be a while. The optics so? is just not – I, what I legitimately think has a chance to happen, depending on, on how they look at the, the coaching landscape and field, Bobby Stoops is coming back for the bowl game. Mm. He's still only 61. Mm. Like, I, is there a chance that Bob just, like, comes back and is just like, I missed this and comes back for a few years? I've, I'm i not That'd predicting it. I'm not predicting it, but I think I think there's a chance like, – he retired early, and like I think he could see, he could see the SEC and be like, "Yeah, I would like Bob Stoops is not running away from that. Bob Stoops is doing the exact opposite." Uh, and I like I do get Lincoln Riley's perspective of just like, "Hey, I'd rather dominate." Like I think I can dominate the Pac-12, create my winner here with all this West Coast talent, and and beat the SEC. I, I get that uh, because yeah, you're probably you're probably going to get to more college football playoffs with USC than with Oklahoma and the SEC. But I think you're probably going to win or you're going to build more actual national title winners at OU and the SEC than with USC in the Pac-12. I do.
1: I agree. And like you said something earlier that we, I, I want to reiterate because I think it's so true before we move on. Um, what a soft move. What a right? soft, soft move. That's uh, that was my thought immediately. I was like, "Oh, so your team's gonna join a better conference? So you're gonna leave?
0: I go. Like, I'm out. Yeah, that's best conference. Just... Which, like, that's another reason they should hire Lane Kiffin, because you know Lane Kiffin loves being in the same division as Nick Saban. Like, Lane oh, yeah. Kiffin's like, get bring it. I want Give all it. of it. I want I all get of to play. Eat. Like, yeah. I'm I'm gonna beat you. Like, I. Lane Kiffin eventually is going to get one of these top jobs because I really think he has matured enough uh, with still kind of having that fire with him. And he's he's a good coach. Like, there's a reason he got those jobs a long, long time ago as a young, young man. Like, the guy has a a huge football IQ and is a great recruit. Like, people love him. So, OU, be smart. Go, Go snag him. And I think, like, he makes you a winner right away.
1: Yeah, but it's interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how the college football landscape looks after those two moves, um, and where the teams go from there. For sure, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I just think I think out of the four teams, I think the most we can say is that Notre Dame is kind of in a is the isn't in a really poor spot. You know, I think that.
0: Well, and you know, Jan, I I hate this higher. And I, and I, and I hate it more. It's not, I hate this hire from Notre Dame and, and Marcus Freeman, not so much because of Marcus Freeman. Uh, I hate it because of the situation around it. I think, I think Notre Dame knew that they were going to be judged by the fact that Brian Kelly wasn't going to be there before the college football committee came and said it. Cause I remember watching the Notre Dame press conference and the guy like immediately was like, no we're not gonna hang have an interim this like this unit is together. These coaches are together like we're not gonna miss it like he kept reiterating the point that like it, Brian Kelly being gone doesn't change anything about this team and how it's coached and how it like it does things. like he said that a ton the day before the committee clarified that they would be judged for being without Brian Kelly and so. I think – I know the players like him. I know a lot of people are really high on him. I, I think, like, he's supposed to be a, a great head coach someday. It just seems – he seems kind of young. And, again, like the situation around it, I feel like they've hired him, especially so quickly that it, that it is to be like, hey, look at this continuity we got over here, College Football Committee. Like, we're – same things here. Like, Tommy Reese is still offensive coordinator. Like, yeah, we lost Brian Kelly, but everyone else is here. We're the same team. We're ready to compete this year, which I get what Notre Dame is trying to argue for. But making a head coaching decision without, I think, doing the due process that a, that a job like Notre Dame needs and deserves, like making that co- decision just to try and get into the college football playoff this year seems like a really dumb reason to hire a coach.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, they got put in a shit situation, but that's also like – that's how the dice were, you know, fell. So Yeah. Man. The, I, the,
0: the committee hasn't said they're going to automatically hold it against Notre Dame. Like everyone is, is already like freaking out about like after the committee has said this. They've never been like, hey, Notre Dame's gonna get Doc Points if Brian Kelly's there. All they've said is a coach being out will be taken under consideration. And at the end of the day, it like it might not have anything to do with it. So, I, like, I feel like there's been a little bit more. Like, it won't have a anything of, like, to do with it. Are out. any?
1: Do any of us think Notre Dame is going to make the playoffs? Come on! Like, there's so many other. I mean, they teams. They need a that... lot of
0: help, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. so many. Think, the whole.
0: And I think the world the, would have to fall. Like with all the help that they would get, I think at that point, like you, Brian Kelly would be there. Like being there, I think they would be like. Oh yeah, like that doesn't matter enough.
1: Yeah, because okay, they're like, like yeah. I mean, the fact the that you're even up for consideration is is enough. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, credit. It was crazy. It was a crazy week in college football for sure. I was just like, what is going on? Everybody just chill. It,
0: it has been. And I mean, Billy Napier to Florida. I think I think that's a really strong hire. We all Oh, that's a great hire. One, but I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, I Great think he'll do hire. do a lot of good, good stuff. There. I mean, it's another job that like, I guess Florida is a little tougher. You got Florida state, Miami, but still a job that whenever people complain about Kirk and I know there's, there's a, a ceiling that the Iowa Hawkeyes have, we got a pretty high uh, basement floor. Four. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> like we have a lot better, more consistent seasons in like Florida state and Florida and like, some of these teams that never should be bad and so you know I'll I'll take it